the teams you care about. The Patriots are now closer to the bottom of the AFC than the top. That's a fact. The stories that matter to you. Trevor Story, man, he makes the Red Sox much, much better in 2022. This is your home for New England sports. I'm just wondering what happens next for UVA, because I think there could be a lot of turnover on that roster. This is the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV-AM, FM, and WDEVradio.com. What's up, everybody? Happy Friday. Welcome into the Brady Farkas Show here on WDEV-AM and FM and WDEVradio.com. We're on the air until 6-10 tonight, and then it is Red Sox baseball. Sox take on the Mariners. Game two of four from Fenway. Sox won last night 12-6, and boy, are we going to be talking about that. We'll also talk about the Celtics. They win. Something that really stuck out to me also from post-game comments by Jason Tatum, Eastern Conference Finals, now at one game apiece. So again, not here for a long time, just here for a good time, 5.30 until 6.10. I want to shout out a couple of people on the Napa-Morrisville, Napa-Waterbury text line. Jim in Richmond says, I enjoy the show so much, I'm digging out old shows from before I started listening. Keep up the great work. Thank you very much to Jim. Phil in Middlesex says, have fun down at Fenway on Sunday. Yes, I'm looking forward. It's going to be a zillion degrees. You could probably bake an egg on my my arm or something, but looking forward to going to Fenway as well. Hopefully the Mariners win. I'm certainly not convinced that they're going to after what we saw last night, but I will enjoy being there. Not first time at Fenway for me since 2019. So no, no baseball in 2020, obviously fan wise because of COVID 2021. I did not get out to Fenway last year. So first major league game for me since 2019. So looking forward to it. You can follow their lead and get in on the Napa-Morrisville, Napa-Waterbury text line, 802-585-3026. They're your locally owned Napa stores in Waterbury and Morrisville. You can also get in on the brand new Facebook Live, YouTube Live, and Twitter live streams as well. Five, four, three, two, one. And here we go. The opening thoughts on the Brady Farkas Show are brought to you by Sticks and Stuff and by Swanton Lumber, Vermont's most complete locally owned home center. With locations in Enosburg, Derby, Middlesex, St. Albans, and at Swanton Lumber, they're online at sticksandstuff.com. I just need to start the show by venting. I need to get some things off my chest. 20 years of frustration is about to come out here. Let me start calmly. Before I get irrational and uncalm, let me start out by saying this calmly. I really do like the Red Sox. I, I think that I've made that abundantly clear. New England has been my home for almost six years, and I really do like the teams that inhabit this region. Okay, I've talked to players from the Red Sox, players from the Patriots, the Celtics, the Bruins, past and present. I've talked to coaches from those organizations, past and present. And God knows, I've talked to a ton of announcers, broadcasters, analysts, and writers from all of these teams. I really do like our regional teams, and I do genuinely root for their success. But that said, it is well known and well established that my favorite teams, my actual fan hats, are Seattle teams. And usually it doesn't really matter because the two teams aren't, they aren't in the same conferences, they aren't in the same divisions, they don't even play each other all that often. So usually it doesn't really matter. I can get away with rooting for both sets of teams. But Seattle teams are my favorite. And the Mariners are my favorite team among my favorite teams. 
And after last night, after last night's 12-6 Red Sox win at Fenway Park, I just have to tell you, I cannot take this anymore. 20 years of frustration is going to be put in probably the next, I tell myself it'll be the next five minutes, it's probably going to be 10, because there's a lot of things that I've got to vent about. So if you are a Red Sox fan that wants to drink my tears, then this opening segment is for you. If you are a person who enjoys the theater of someone being bent out of shape, then this opening segment is for you. And if you are someone that just simply doesn't like me and wants me to be unhappy, then this segment is yes for you. On a micro level, just looking at last night itself, it was simply pathetic. And it's a patheticness that I see often and far too often. This Mariners team cannot hit. They really can't. I don't care what their analytical numbers say. They're all inflated by a series sweep of the Royals. So any good numbers the Mariners have come from that series and one lopsided win against the Astros. They really can't hit. So when they actually get the gift of a 4-0 lead in the second inning of a game against a team that is also under 500, that is a lead that needs to be held. It is embarrassing to not hold that lead. Most Mariner games that I watch, and they're all painstaking efforts to watch, they're all two-to-one nail-biters because the Mariners can't hit. Yesterday, 4 nothing lead, second inning, Sox go to the bullpen. It finally, we fi- it finally had a chance to be a comfortable win, and instead they went from up four to losing by six. That is what we call a choke job. That is what you call a bad team. That is what I have lived with for the last 20 years. Simply embarrassing. They were up 4-2 to after Trevor Story's first home run, and the Mariners basically went into cruise control mode. They went into cruise control mode, and they made everything easy. That is embarrassing. Good teams add on. Good teams keep playing. The game does not end after two innings. The Red Sox, they grinded out at bats. They made things difficult. The Mariners, no, they decided to lie down like a rug and let Tanner Houck look like Cy effing Young for four effing innings. Six strikeouts for Houck against one hit allowed? Are you kidding me? Houck got bumped from the rotation and had allowed runs in each of his last three appearances, including appearances where he had allowed three runs and seven runs respectively, and you made him look like Cy Young. Then you factor in the Mariners couldn't figure out how to remove a pitcher from the game properly, had a reliever come in and throw eight consecutive balls, and then had the bases loaded with just one out in the eighth and get only one run. The whole game was laughable. The whole game was laughable, and it has set me over the edge. Game one of a series that you need to win against a team that's in the exact same boat as you, and now, as I predicted, The Mariners are likely to lose three of four, or heck, why don't you just go all the way and lose all four of four? Instead of starting off with momentum, they are going to single-handedly put the Red Sox back into the race, well, likely removing themselves from it. The whole thing was a joke. That's on the micro. The problem on the macro is that the whole franchise has been laughable for nearly my entire life. And games like last night, nights like last night happen far too often. 
why does one game in the end of May mean so much to me? Why does this one game cause me to, you know, clench my fist and get all upset? Because the Mariners haven't made the playoffs in 21 years. If you had made the playoffs in 21 years, you'd be on a little, you'd be a little on edge too. Every loss the Mariners suffer is just the gateway to the next six-game losing streak that I know all too well. Think about this. The Mariners' playoff drought is 21 years old. It's old en- the Mariners' playoff drought is old enough to drink alcohol legally. The Mariners wasted the career of Ichiro, just like they wasted the career of Felix Hernandez, just like they wasted the good Robinson Cano, Kyle Seeger, Nelson Cruz, and others. It is the longest playoff drought in the four American professional sports. Whatever franchise you think is awful, is poorly run, is underachieving, and is an embarrassment, the Mariners are worse. The Sacramento Kings have been to the playoffs five times since the Mariners last went to the playoffs. The Lions have gone to the playoffs since the Mariners last did. The Cleveland Browns have gone twice and actually won a playoff game since the Mariners last went. And the stupid and awful and embarrassing Jets went to -to back-to-back AFC championship games half as long ago as the Mariners last made the playoffs. So it is possible for a blind squirrel to find a nut, just not the blind squirrel that I root for, apparently, and I am finally tired of it. I am tired of being optimistic every year. I'm tired of being hopeful. I'm tired of following prospect lists and getting excited. I'm tired of looking at free agent lists and wondering who's available. I'm tired of the Mariners falling either just short or falling way short of expectations. This was supposed to be the year that the drought ended. 90 wins last year, surprise everybody, sneak up on everybody. This was supposed to be the year. The prospects were supposed to be developed enough. The money was supposed to be spent. The division was supposed to be there for the taking. And instead, the Astros are still awesome. The Angels are now awesome. And the Mariners are already eight back in the division and blowing 4 nothing leads in games they should be winning. I can't take it. And back to last night, I am I am legitimately sick of the Mariners being everyone else's punching bag. I'm tired of everybody else getting hot or being good against only the Mariners. Trevor Story's hitting 206 coming into last night's game. Sure, the Mariners will be the team he goes four for four with seven RBIs and has three homers against. Danny Young delivers. Swing. There's a drive to left field. Way back. A three-home run game for Trevor Story. Can you believe it? Yes, Joe, I can. This is what happens when you are a Mariners fan. Alex Verdugo, 12 for his last 83. 12 for his last 83 went three for five with four runs scored yesterday. Bobby Dolbeck had a hit yesterday. Jackie Bradley Jr. hitting 189, had a double off the wall in dead center, and had an RBI on a bases-loaded walk. All of these guys who aren't good or haven't been good all are Hall of Famers against the Mariners. And I'm pretty sure when I go on Sunday, Nathan Evaldi will throw no less than a seven-inning shutout. Nathan Evaldi gave up five home runs in one inning this week. Five home runs in one inning. 
I have never even done that in a video game. Nathan Navaldi will find a way to get right against my team as well because that is what everybody does. That is what everybody does. So if you ask why I'm on edge about the Mariners, it's not just yesterday. It's not just this season. It's my entire life. Save for one good year in 95, one fun year in 2000, and one fun year in 2001, this has been my life. And it's made even worse by the fact that they play on the West Coast. You don't know what it's like to follow a losing baseball team until you follow the losing baseball team that you have to stay up until 1 o'clock in the morning to watch lose every night in heartbreak also. It is absolutely just grating on me. Okay, I would like just once to be rewarded as a fan. Work Brady has seen a World Series. Work Brady's covered three Patriots Super Bowls. Work Brady has now seen three Eastern Conference Finals for the Celtics, and Work Brady has seen the Bruins get to the Stanley Cup. Real-life Brady would like just once to see it happen. Yes, the Seahawks won a Super Bowl. I'm grateful for that. I used to have the Seahawks to fall back on after these bad Mariners seasons, and now since Russell Wilson plays for the Denver Broncos, I no longer have that, and my winters will be just as dark as my summers because I'll have to watch Geno Smith for 17 games or Drew Locke. It just... I, my dad told me earlier today, after this weekend, he said, after you go to the game on Sunday, you just need to stop watching for a bit. No, that's not an option. That is not an option. I am in a situation where I am forced to submit myself to sports torture. You know that dopey relationship quote? Used to see it on internet profiles all the time. The really dopey, corny relationship quote. If you, don't, if you can't handle me at my worst, you don't deserve me at my best, that is how I feel about the Mariners. Mariners, I have to handle them at their worst. in order For if it ever does pop, I will have earned it. The problem is I've handled them at their worst for nearly my entire life. Okay, So I, it's just so deflating. It is so, so deflating. So there you go. Okay, I felt that for a long time. It's about a lot more than just yesterday. And... Intern Jack is in here rolling his eyes at me. He's back from college graduation, and I think he's mad at me because, oh, you're in New England. You should just be rooting for New England teams. I didn't choose this. I was born into this. This I, I was born into being a Mariners fan, and you do not just dump your team. Okay. Uh, intern Danny says, hey, at least you have the Supersonics in the NBA. Oh, wait. Yes, there's another knife to the heart. Um Steve says, wow, you weren't kidding about your rant that you were promoting. Nice job. Uh, thank you, Steve. I'm glad that my heartache is amusing to everybody. Phil says, bring back the Seattle Pilots. I'm sure the Seattle Pilots could not be as bad as the Mariners have been. So I'm going to the game Sunday. I hope the Mariners win. I'm not confident they will. Here's what's going to happen, too, because this is what happens to the Mariners. I told you everybody gets hot against them. Michael Waka hasn't pitched in two weeks. No rehab start. You'd think he might be a little rusty. I will hope to get four innings out of him. He'll probably go six, give up one run, and have eight Ks. That Guys who should get shelled come out and shove against the Mariners. Guys coming back from injury, guys making major league debuts, guys who have never had a hit before. The, Rafael Devers, his first homer was against the Mariners. Like Everybody who's ever coming up to do something does it against the Mariners. This has been my whole life. So 
The Sox will probably win three of four. They may win four of four. The Mariners have the Cy Young winner from last year on the mound tonight against the guy who's coming off the injured list. You'd think the M's can win. It'll probably be 3 nothing after two innings. There you go. I'm done talking about the Mariners now. We'll talk a little bit about the Mariners on Monday in the confines of the Red Sox series, but then you won't have to hear me rant about the Mariners anymore. At the end of the day, I know I live in New England. I know most of you don't care about the team I'm a fan of. That's fine. I wouldn't care either about the team you're a fan of if, you, if I was in your shoes. So I get it. But, you know, I had to get that off my chest. Because usually, like, I want to just throw the remote at my house. Like, that's what I would want to do, right? Throw the remote at my house. But if I do that, I scare my dog. So I can't do that. So I got to save it for you people. My parents got tired of me bitching over text message. So I had to save it for you people as well. So uh, thanks for indulging me. We'll get to the Red Sox. That's 6.05. We'll get to the Celtics next. They won. Congratulations. That made my, what was yesterday, Thursday, a little bit better. Anybody who ever crushed Marcus Smart, you owe him an apology. That's next on DEV. Want Brady to hear your opinion on the sports stories of the day? Text in at 802-585-3026. Now it's back to the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV AM, FM, and WDEVradio.com. I just had somebody message me and say that, hey, Brady, remember the Red Sox had a lot of pain too. Yes, if you are a Red Sox fan that is over the age of 40, 50, then you have an idea of what I'm talking about. Because what what you lived for the first 30 years of your life, that's what I'm living. Okay, If you are a Red Sox fan who is 50 or greater, then you know exactly how I'm feeling. If you are a Red Sox fan that is 40 and under, I don't think you have any idea what I'm talking about, because half of your life at least has been spent experiencing success, getting to the ALCS, and winning World Series. I would like to do that just one time. The Mariners went to the ALCS in 2001, were probably beaten by the Yankees, and have not been to the playoffs since. I would like, I, I if you're over the age of 50 and you're a Red Sox fan, then yes, you can talk to me about feelings and emotions because you've lived it. Under 50? Certainly under 40. Maybe 45 would be my cutoff. Under 45, you don't have as much pain. I got genuine sports pain here. I got the, the Mariners being awful, the Sonics leaving town, and I got Malcolm Butler getting thrown in my face every time the, the, Every time there's a highlight montage in the NFL. So there you go. Where was I? Oh, yeah, Celtics. They win. Great win last night. There's not a whole lot to say on the way the game was actually played. The Celtics just shot the lights out. Okay, They just shot the lights out. I don't think that performance is repeatable. I don't think it needs to be repeatable. They can win games even without shooting like they did, but the Celtics shot over 50% from the floor, over 50% from three, and over 90% at the line. When you shoot that well, you're going to win games. I mean, that, you're going to win nearly every game you play. 50, 40, 90, if a player does that, that's like MVP caliber. Okay, if you go 50, 40, 90 as a player, one singular player, that's MVP caliber. The Celtics did better than that as a team. You're not going to lose when you play that way. I thought the Celtics would win. I predicted them to win by six, but they ended up winning by 25, and they were up much more than that throughout the game. It was a great win. You needed to go on the road. You needed to win one game. And you did. You come back to Boston, tied at one Saturday night. I think the Celtics win this series. I said I think the Celtics win in seven. 
I will stick with the Celtics winning. I'll stick with seven. It may not go seven, though. It may not go seven. The Celtics, I think, are just the better team, and they are the healthier team now. Kyle Lowry not playing is a big loss for Miami. I don't think there's a whole lot to really decode in last night's game. Like, yeah, the Heat can look at it and say, did we break down defensively? I don't know that they broke down defensively. I thought the Celtics just hit a lot of tough shots. You know, pull-up threes, threes with guys in their face. They were just feeling it. Deep threes. Marcus Smart, as I told you he would be, was absolutely massive. I've never accepted the smart slander that people used to give. I think yesterday was proof why you shouldn't have. I mean, what? 24 points, 9 rebounds, 12 assists. He was one rebound shy of a triple-double. This is a guy who had a midfoot sprain, not 100%. He helped the Celtics in every facet. Helped them on the glass. Helped them defensively on Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler, who took 18 free throws in game one, I believe took eight yesterday. So there was more disciplined defense on Jimmy Butler in part because Smart was there. And he had 12 assists versus one turnover. He just made life easier for the Celtics. That's what Matt Barnes, former NBA player, said earlier today on ESPN. Well, I mean, I think he's just a security blanket. Uh, normally, obviously, he's the defensive player of the year, and, and you look at the defensive end first, and obviously you're not going to shut down a great player like Jimmy Butler, but Marcus Smart did a great job of just making things tough, not giving him anything easy. And then you, the numbers you mentioned, you know, one rebound away from a triple-double. He came out on the offensive end and attacked this team. We talked yesterday that Marcus Smart being there offensively, we said, look, we don't need him to go for 15. He ended up going for 24, but the Celtics could have won that game without smart scoring. What they needed was him to just get the ball out of Jason Tatum's hands, to make life easier for Tatum, make life easier for Jalen Brown so they didn't have to handle the ball at every turn. That's what Marcus Smart did yesterday. And you throw in the defense, and you throw in the rebounding, and you throw in the uh, the, the shot-making. It, it was huge. Marcus Smart was the difference yesterday. The Celtics win that game by 25. Marcus Smart being there was the difference. Great offensively, great defensively, playmaker with the ball in his hands. Celtics now 1-1 coming back to Boston, and, and, they, and they're going to win this series. The Celtics are going to go to the NBA Finals. A team that was what, like 22-24 and 24 in early January – they are going to go to the NBA Finals. And yeah, they've had a bit of luck. Chris Middleton not being there. Kyle Lowry not being there. You don't apologize for that. You do not apologize for that. Uh, I mean, how many teams beat the Celtics when the Celtics didn't have Kyrie in the playoffs or didn't have full Kemba in the playoffs or didn't have a healthy Isaiah Thomas in the playoffs? I don't apologize for that. It is what it is. That's, that's the breaks. The Heat are good. The Celtics have more top-end talent. And if Marcus Smart plays like that, then then this is a runaway. Celtics are going to go to the NBA Finals. I will tell you also, I love what Jason Tatum said after the game yesterday. Listen to this. Yeah, I, I was proud of the way that you know we responded. Um, last game was tough. Uh, just kind of how we lost, and you know, and myself included, how I played in that that third quarter. Uh, Myself included. Jason Tatum also used that phrase after the game one loss. Myself included. That shows great leadership there. It's small, but remember the early part of the season? 
Celtics were struggling. It was kind of marred by calling each other out. Do Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and Marcus Smart, do they get along? Is someone willing to take ownership or is someone looking to deflect blame? That's what we talked about early in the season. Jason Tatum says, including myself, and he's done it back-to-back times now after game one and after game two. He's not deflecting now. He's not pushing blame away. He's taking it upon himself. That is just a big deal from a growth standpoint. Marcus Smart is undoubtedly the vocal leader of this team, but as Jason Tatum grows into his own leadership skills, that's a big one there you want to recognize. Him willing to take accountability rather than be part of the the blame culture. I, I love that. The minute Jason Tatum said that, the, the antenna in my brain went up. Celtics have grown just in terms of how they play, how they play together, and how they handle their business through the course of this season. And again, it's going to pay off in an NBA Finals appearance. It's the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV, AM and FM, and WDEVradio.com. It wasn't just Jason Tatum that said something great after a game yesterday. Did you hear what Trevor Story said? After that ill-fated Red Sox-Mariners game where Story hit three home runs. What Story said was also incredibly important. I'll tell you what the Red Sox big free agent acquisition had to say after last night's big performance. It really was big, and you should file it away as important as well. That's next on DEV. Back to the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV AM, FM, and WDEVradio.com. Welcome back in, Brady Farkas Show right here on WDEV. We are brought to you by Pro Driver Training. That's Pro Driver Training online at ProDriverCDL.com. They are Vermont's premier truck driver training school. Again, online at ProDriverCDL.com. Red Sox baseball less than five minutes from now. We'll give you the Sox lineup here for game two of four against the Seattle Mariners. We'll do that momentarily. I want to play you back something that Trevor Story said yesterday, which I thought was really important. So Story hits the three homers yesterday, four for four, seven RBIs. Here's what he said after the game to Nesson. Definitely getting used to it. Um, you know, this is the best place to play in the world, and uh, the atmosphere is, is as good as it gets. So, you know, that's a big, big part of the reason why I came here. And It's the best place to play in the world at Fenway Park. That's what Story said. I think that's big because I think it's pretty clear, and we talked about this. I think it's pretty clear that Trevor Story did not want to be in Boston at the beginning of his free agency period. Like, Trevor Story signed with the Red Sox and then fired his agent. You do not fire your agent if you are happy with how everything played out. So I think it's pretty clear Trevor Story was unhappy. He either didn't want to be in Boston, he didn't like the money that he got, he didn't like that he didn't get to be close to home. Trevor Story being in Boston was not his first choice. That's pretty clear to me. But I also told you, that I think Trevor Story can grow into, A, being a great player for the Red Sox, and B, can grow into being happy with his decision. And I believe that Trevor Story is starting to grow into being happy with his decision. And maybe it coincides with him playing well. Story, in addition to being great against the Mariners yesterday, has also been good for the last eight games or so. He's got five home runs, I think, in the last eight games. Again, three came yesterday, but he's been good lately. 
I think Trevor Story, you're starting to see him warm up to Boston. And I think that's important because I don't think he wanted to be here at first. I, I would not be shocked if he's lamenting the fact that he didn't get the deal in Texas that either Marcus Simeon or Corey Seager got when he could play in his home state. But now that he's here, I think it's evident that Trevor Story is growing into being happy with that decision. And I think that's a very, very important development. It is the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV, AM and FM, and WDEVradio.com. Okay, let's get to the lineups. The Mariners are 17 and 22. The Red Sox are 16 and 22, just a half game behind them in the vaunted wild card standings. Robbie Ray, he's the AL Cy Young winner from last year. He's on the mound for Seattle, four and three with a 4.62. Michael Waka back from the injured list, three and zero with a 1.38 for your Red Sox. Adam Frazier leads off for Seattle. He's the DH tonight, hitting 2.67. Ty France, the Mariners' best hitter, is at first, hitting 3.23. He's got 28 RBI. J.P. Crawford and back in the lineup t- today at shortstop hitting 300. The young phenom Julio Rodriguez, he's the cleanup hitter hitting 270. Jesse Winkers in left hitting 221. Eugenio Suarez hitting 216. He's got seven home runs. Abraham Toros at second hitting 171. Dylan Moore had the three-run homer last night's in right field tonight hitting 182. And the catcher is Cal Raleigh. He's hitting 095, but he does have three homers. His father, Todd Raleigh is a Vermont native from Swanton. Behind Waka for the Sox, Kike Hernandez leads off in center at 177. Rafael Devers is at third, hitting 335. J.D. Martinez, the DH at 344. Xander Bogarts, the shortstop at 331. The aforementioned Trevor Story, who now all of a sudden at 235 homers and a team-leading 23 RBIs. Christian Arroyo is in the lineup today in right field at 196. Alex Verdugo with 221s in left. Bobby Dahlbeck's at first. And Christian Vasquez is the catcher, and he bats ninth. Red Sox baseball against the Mariners. Game two of four from Fenway. I'll be at the game on Sunday, and I'm sure I'll have a story or two, not only about what happened on the field, but what happened at the field. Scheduled to have a uh, pretty cool experience at Fenway on Sunday. If it comes through, I'll tell you about it Monday. Have a great weekend, everybody, on DEV.